I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi everyone. I'm well, it's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season, we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family, from the Morehouse murders to haunted highways, this season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Back in July 2011, a woman was thrown to her death from a balcony of a 15-floor apartment in Sydney by a man called Simon Gittany. Now, Simon has been sentenced to 18 years behind bars, at least, um, 26 years in jail, and the non-parole period is 18 years. It's been a really difficult story to research for me, Dad, because uh, domestic violence is a is a scourge and women are dying all the time and this is just a horrifying case. The reason you wanted to talk about it on the show is because the story of Simon and what he did is fascinating and terrifying. But also, uh, we we know somebody who actually saw it happen and we'll be talking with them next week on the show. But for this week, we're going to look into the actual case itself. Dad, to walk me through this, because I hadn't actually heard about this story. When this story broke, yeah. with, all its, with all its horrific details, mm-hmm. I remember it very clearly, and it was it was very newsworthy yeah. in Sydney at the time because the residential building where the event occurred is next door mm-hmm. to the building that used to be called the Remington Building which is where I worked in fingerprints. Right. And all the squads were in the Remington building. So homicide, armed hold up, drug squad. Right. Um, they used to keep in the basement. I think we mentioned it a few years ago about the undercover cars were kept in the very, very sort of... Yeah, you know, I remember. And I remember one day I got to see, you know, the sort of the full-on hardcore undercover cars... I think they're on B five, sort of super secret location. It was, it was, and you know, I used to do overtime in the police force, and Christine would drive you and Anne strapped yeah. into the back of the car, and she'd drive from the northern beaches into the city to pick me up. Yeah. So imagine you as a little kid were 
basically meters away regularly from, from where this happened from where this um this woman bizarre where she fell and <sighs> it's a pretty terrible story but i guess it's it's good to let the listeners know the reason we're talking about it mm-hmm. is that a few weeks ago a listener of loose units reached out to us with a um a very interesting email and in the email she basically said that the media had been after her story yeah for many years and she never felt comfortable she never felt uh she just she was basically waiting for the right time if it would ever by chance come along mm-hmm. so she felt and feels that loose units that we are deserving of her story and she also feels that we do handle these she's she's basically listened to the way we deal with matters similar yep and i think we do it i think we do it well and and i like to also think that we also do have some balance to our stories um and this is a particularly terrible story and it involves domestic violence now anyone or on the balance of probabilities most people on Simon Gittany's side of the fence if any of them get to hear the podcast they are going to have very very strong views in relation to the innocence of their brother well there is a facebook page going uh, trying to get trying to get him freed or whatever, and there's 112 people following it. So let's just say that the public opinion is not strong on his side. And also, Dad, I think it's worth pointing out that Lisa Harnam is the name of the woman uh, who was murdered. Mm. Um, And she was his fiancée at the time. Uh, Also, if any of you want to talk to somebody about, you know, any of this stuff, um, you can call Lifeline on 131 114. That's a 24-hour line that you can call anytime if you're feeling like you're in danger or you need help or advice, uh, there's the 1-800-RESPECT-NATIONAL helpline, which is 1-800-737-732. There's the women's crisis line at 1-800-811-811. There's the men's referral service at 1-300-766-491. There are incredible services out there to help with domestic violence and if you're not feeling safe. So please do reach out to somebody if you if you don't feel safe. And also, if you just feel triggered and want to talk, because honestly, this is a horrifying story and Simon Gittany is uh, not a good guy. This is very difficult stuff. Mm. It's a very interesting story. Yeah. It's interesting because imagine if someone does something, I'm just trying to sort of think about people who commit crimes. I mean, you've got your hardcore criminals. They go out and they commit a crime and friends, relatives, police, that the community, they're not surprised because they've led a life of, you know, it, it wasn't, it didn't come out of the blue. Yeah. The problem is that if he, this Simon Gittany, if he presents um, in his sort of public persona, he's a man about town, um, very much into body image, lived a very, very affluent lifestyle. His apartment at the time was $1,000 a week. Now, that's a lot of money. Mm. And interestingly, and listeners, this is very, very important and pertinent to this particular case, is that to date, 
they've never really been able to establish how he earned his money. And there is supposition, quite strong supposition, based on his priors, which means his prior criminal history, mm-hmm. as to where he uh, derived his income. And with our special guest next week, she will enlighten us in relation to various aspects of Simon's life. But the, the first time Simon actually came into sort of the attention Contact of the with, media, the media yeah, yeah. was when he yeah. bit off a police officer's ear. I didn't hear he did he bite it off or did the he size bite? he bought he bit a chunk the size of a twenty cent coin. Now a twenty cent coin is a decent sized coin and if you put how many twenty cent coins can you put over your ear? Maybe two on a good day. So it's a it's a fair chunk. The guy had to be hospitalized. He was a, a detective, detective yeah. sergeant and he, they were doing a raid on Simon's place. Now, Simon's defence was that they weren't wearing a police uniform and he was really scared and worried. And, but that's bullshit. So he bit a civilian's ear. That doesn't seem yeah. much better. But No, but I mean, the police aren't stupid. No. Police have protocols where they announce their office. If you're a, If you're a criminal, if you're involved in nefarious activities, and let's just hypothesize and talk drugs yeah okay is that then, what you think well we'll get to that later but yes, we'll get to that later but you know yeah. that's i think that's that's a it's not a red herring yeah so a reasonable assumption reasonable assumption based on the lifestyle okay and he you know the police are doing the raid you've got two ways you can be in a raid you can either be compliant yep um or you can be just completely insane and rabid and 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 have this sort of incredible rage, okay? So he was arrested, but what happened was um, he served a little bit of time. Yeah. But this is where it gets bloody fascinating, is that he came from a very, very strong Catholic family. Uh, in in a suburb of Sydney called Marylands, they were his family Lebanese Christian, and the parish priest was a very very um, strong follower of the family. They were they were regular churchgoers, mm-hmm. and this part of the story I just find bloody interesting and fascinating and fucking extraordinary. Uh, the the prosecution clearly wanted Gitney to to serve some serious time for the offence. Not only the offence of biting off a portion of a police officer's ear, yeah, but also the original crime. Yeah, and there were, you know, the police would have had a very strong case. You don't just go into someone's home and doing a raid for shits and giggles. It's not like unpaid parking offences. It's serious. Okay, so. What the defence do, which is brilliant, is they get the parish priest who I've seen interviewed and he he still to this day believes Simon is a very, very good, wholesome person, obviously, you know, worth saving, which is, I guess, one of the tenets of the Christian doctrine and perhaps other doctrines. But it's so fascinating because what the priest 
organised was for Simon to leave Australia. He had an undertaking. This would have been put through and very much impressed the court. Okay, that's how he basically evaded a lengthy jail sentence. Mm-hmm. He went to 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 France. Did you know any of this, Paul? No, I didn't know he went to France. Mate, you're not going to believe what I'm about to say. Okay. Get ready. Strap in, listeners. He goes to a monastery um, about an hour south of Paris and he enters a monastery as a monk. And he stays there involved in the monastic um, lifestyle, yep. which was tough, um, really tough. Paul, you have a cousin who is doing that very thing as we speak. In what country, by the way? In Ireland. In Ireland, okay. Yep. Yeah, Ben, top guy. Yep. Yep. Shout out to Ben. You won't hear it because you're probably not allowed to. Well, I can't imagine a whole lot of monks gathered around at dinner time listening to loose units. Although the, you don't think, you don't think monks be. get Wi-Fi or listen to podcasts? Uh, I think they get they, Wi-Fi, but yeah, I'm not sure. We'll maybe save that for loose ends. Sure, okay. Um, but Ben's a lovely guy. And so this Simon, he spends one and a half years mm-hmm. as a monk. Right. Is that incredible? Yeah, that's kind of gross, honestly. Um, I know that the I know that the Judeo-Christian faith does preach forgiveness, but I feel like that's taking the piss. But Paul, I mean, this was well before the the murder of of the lovely girl. Yeah, but he was arrested in 1991. Remember, just after he turned 18. Hmm. Um, he was harassing a woman at a shopping centre in Western Sydney. And uh, then he was told to stop. And then he came back later with 12 other men. And then people held this person down while getting, it says here, punched him in the face several times. Terrible. Uh, he, he had stolen items on him outside of Paramount and Nightclub in August 93. Yep, yep. Um, and the, the ear biting happened on 1994. Mm. So, oh, and he was convicted of uh, drug dealing in 2000. Well, he also entered into an agreement with two other guys to set up a methamphetamine laboratory. Right, so piece of shit, but, basically. But Paul, listen, mate. Yeah. Every time a person goes before the court, the jury are never allowed to know about your priors. And I, I, I understand that. Because... What happens if you've got... We've discussed this many times, Paul. What happens if you've got, if you've got many, many priors, for example, for sexual assault? Mm-hmm. You get charged with a sexual assault, number 10, but guess what? You're innocent of that one. But can you imagine if the jury knew you'd already done nine, you'd be fucked. You'd Is always not, be found guilty. Well, we've talked about this before. Surely it comes into... I mean... Look, the... Ma- car- <laughs> mate, it's a dicky one, but the, the judge then is aware. The judge is... Mm-hmm is privy to that yeah. in sentencing. Then they go, okay, this is the 10th one. You've been found guilty by a jury that ostensibly didn't know you'd committed nine prior. Mate, there's a whole podcast or multiple podcasts we can do just on this particular issue. The only time a an, off- an offender in the dock where the, um, the jury can sort of get to hear is if the he then somehow denies that he's ever committed that type of offence in the past, then they can sort of introduce. Oh, it's interesting. Okay. But, you know, these that's why prisoners 
very, very often do not go into the the witness box. They don't have to. And and they're allowed to actually stand, as we've said in multiple previous podcasts, they can stand in front of a jury and Mm -hmm. say what they like. They get a chance to just let it all out. They can't be cross-examined because they're not in the... they're sort of at the bench with all the lawyers. Mm. It's a fascinating uh, anomaly. It's interesting, yeah. It's interesting, but it's part of our system. And our system is, it's not perfect. But look, coming back to Simon, uh, the media would not have been privy and they sh- and it'd be very dangerous for the media once this final case gathered attention he goes before the court it's very very dangerous can you imagine the media then whilst there's a trial going on in sydney with a jury one of the newspapers leaks that he had all this these priors it would completely fuck the case yeah okay because the because everyone reads the the press and this was very very much a high profile case now on the morning look i guess we need to go back a little bit and say that the um the victim, she was in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And she was clearly scared. And trying to get out for a while. And trying to get out. And she was having intimate, private, desperate conversations with various people, including her mother, who was in Canada, her brother. She had friends here. She had she had a counsellor. She had a, yeah. a physical um, instructor. And in the days leading up to her death, she was preparing. They found a storage facility in Bondi. She had hired two days before her her murder, right. where she had set it up with a stash of clothing and bags and. Items that she could use to make good her escape right. and get the fuck out of Australia. He also had um, surveillance cameras all around the apartment. He was basically making sure she was surveilled all the time. She was she was not safe. I mean, she was no. not safe. But Paul, he, the scary part of that, he, yes, he did have cameras, mm. but he also had spyware on her computer and her <sighs> mobile phone. Jesus, okay. So in those last days when she was desperate and really scared mm-hmm. and reaching out to her mother and friends, letting them know that things were really, really bad, she was going to make good her escape, uh, he, Simon Gittany, was yeah. monitoring everything. And so we he going, knew. He yeah, knew. She- and we're, but we're going to hear from our, our special guest next week mm-hmm. some additional information that... Um, will be. It'll be the first time it's it's been uttered. Um. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, in Australia. Um, because I've already heard some of the information and I just thought it was important that we get it um, from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Not calling our lovely guest a horse would never do that, um, but that's it's going to be some pretty riveting information firsthand, mm. like eyewitness account, which is the best of it, you know evidence you can get. But Paul, you've seen the, the horrific footage taken from one of the cameras when she's trying that night to well that morning actually mm. um, to actually get out. Have you seen that footage where he no, comes out? You haven't seen no. it. Uh, well, it's damning, and it's very, very much um, in keeping with uh, the successful prosecution. And what it shows, it shows. I don't want to say too much because I want to save it for our for our guest because okay. she she tells us some fairly distressing things. But there's very clear evidence that was released footage to the media, and it clearly shows uh, the victim trying to escape from the apartment because he had these cameras set up and. He was literally filming her. He comes out, he puts his hand around her mouth and nose and he dragged her back into his apartment. It's on film. And then 60 
seven seconds later, she hits the ground. So there was a little over a minute and complete silence. And there was a, a couple living next door that heard her screaming. Yeah. And again, our guest will illuminate us on what happened to that couple. It's pretty sad. So imagine it's Saturday morning. It's around 10 a.m. Yep. There are people on Liverpool Street having a... And it was a, it was weird. I, I, I clearly was not there that day, but our, our guest next week was there with her partner. She said to me that it was very, very quiet that Saturday morning, which is fortuitous because imagine if there were a lot of people walking on the sidewalk. It would be very plausible for the victim to actually land on top of a pedestrian, which would be completely catastrophic. This couple that was seated in this cafe, Mm -hmm. across the road is the War Memorial in Sydney, and it's Hyde Park, magnificent gardens, and there was an employee of the ABC who was strolling, and he... Hang on, how much of this is stuff she's going to tell us? No, no, well, sh- this is not her. Okay. This is. This I just, is just... Yeah, I don't, don't double up. Oh, definitely. No, no, this is great. But he was, um, his name was Josh, Josh Rathnell. Uh-huh. And his evidence was, was critical to, to the prosecution. And he describes vividly what he saw, how the person was dressed, demeanor, the whole, you know, his his sort of perception of what he saw. And he he stated that he believed, he, he thought this particular person was actually dumping a large black bag or, or a suitcase, some large object, and literally throwing it off the building. Right, okay. And, of course, it wasn't baggage or luggage. It was all rubbish, and and who who on earth would do that? This is a prestigious. That's not not to say that there are not magnificent, opulent buildings around the world that have scum living in them. I mean, of course they do. Scum have to live somewhere, and if they're rich scum, they're not going to live in some shit shitty little place. They're going to live in some magnificent place. And yeah, it it's it's a tragedy. And I feel as though that's pretty well all we should say about it at this stage because the bulk of the story is going to it's going to come next week where we can really sort of, you know, it's, it's amazing to think that we're actually going to get to talk to someone that was, well, they were there and, and we'll get to hear. The CCTV footage of this piece of shit grabbing her and bringing her back inside and then the footage of him in the elevator him heading down incredible footage incredible footage have you seen the way he's reacting yeah it's bizarre bizarre I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. He's, how, how would you describe his behaviour in the elevator by the way 
But, um, but just, just to clarify, this is CCTV footage, black and white footage, mounted in the corner of the elevator in his apartment building of Simon Gittany after he's thrown her off the balcony and as he's coming down to street level. How would you describe his behavior? Well, very agitated. Yeah. Um, bizarre. I mean, but in fairness, because I, I like to think that we're balanced, Paul. Um, if you'd just seen someone jump off a balcony, because that's their, that's the defense, isn't it? That's their defense in court. He's just saying that, yes, that, that she jumped. Yes. It's, we should clarify that. We should clarify that as well. So yeah, really. Um, yeah. Getting these, getting these people basically are saying yes. Um, she committed suicide. Yeah. He came downstairs and was freaked out. I think what I'm saying is the footage of him pacing around, flinging his arms around, you know, full of adrenaline, getting ready to, you know, kind of keeping, look, making himself calm before he heads out onto the street. Um, in, in hindsight, now that we know that he did it, 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 it makes sense. It adds to the picture. The really damning thing for me is the footage. I mean, her face is right up near the camera when he is covering her mouth and she's, I mean, this is, it's bad. It is moments it's, before the No, point. I agree with you. But Paul, yeah. I've also listened to the, the defense side of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they both prosecution and defense agree about everything. It's what happened behind closed doors. Yeah. The defense said that Simon heard her scream. She tries to run out. And he is embarrassed. This is their side of the story. He's terribly embarrassed. He's worried about what what will neighbours think. And he said in court, in his witness, in his sort of you know defence, that mm-hmm. his girlfriend, fiance, was she did this quite often, and he he just had to sort of run out, grab her. Which is look, of course, the defence. That's their job, is to is to plant a. A reasonable doubt in in the jury's eye, and it's no matter what side you take in this case, it's it's still very interesting to get both sides. One doesn't want to go into this sort of just considering one side. It's very interesting because what we do, Paul, you and I, we do it all the time. We we do tend to look at the overall case. And we have the benefit of looking at his... We have hindsight, yes. We have hindsight. We we can look at his... Okay, here's the thing. Imagine if you showed footage to people Mm -hmm. of a man in a lift, but not knowing any of the backstory. You get to see footage of someone, and you get people to... And you say to people, random people, maybe um, a sample of 100 people, you sit them all down in a room. They're not allowed to talk to each other. You set them up at 100 tables, 100 chairs, 100 pieces of paper and 100 pens, and you get them to watch that footage, and then you get every single person to write down what they think is happening. Wouldn't that be absolutely fascinating? I mean, I just It's think- an interesting... Yeah, it's, an, it's a very interesting academic exercise. Um, but given... And, you know, I... I'm sure a lot of really bad people get to weasel their way out of things based on you know studies that prove mm. outliers and yep. yada yada yada. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that the footage of him in the elevator proves he did it. Um, I'm just saying it, it's an interesting watch. It is fascinating. Now that, know, now that we know he did, yeah. Oh, but that kind of 
you know, we are already possibly swayed because of the information we have prior to seeing the footage. I mean, um, it's it's look, worth it's worth noting that there are um, uh, people heard screaming before she fe- before she was you know thrown, hmm. um, which if you can commit suicide, you're not screaming for help. Um, you know, there's a bunch of evidence that really did sort of put the nail in his coffin, basically. Mm. Um, fingerprint evidence and a whole bunch of things like that. Also, uh, and also she... Look, she had her bag with her um, that she fell with, okay? Yeah. So the bag um, is... It's interesting. The defence tried to say that she used the bag to facilitate her her access over the glass balustrade. That's so weird and bizarre. Um, but there are other interesting points to this story that I They found find. a fingerprint on the... Um, they, found, um, they found one of the victim's fingerprints on the railing, mm. uh, which indicates that she tried to hang on before she was thrown it, off. Well, it could, but it can also, because I was in fingerprints... Mm. So um, it could also mean that she was just outside at some but, point and touched the railing. Or? Well, she lived in that apartment. Yeah, that's her apartment. Mm. She, you could easily go to a balcony and have a look out. Oh, it's a nice day today, and leave a dab on the glass, Ugh, mate. It's just. But I'm saying the direction, <laughs> the direction of your hand on the railing would also have a bearing, right? True. Unless you flipped, unless you flipped your hand, you right. inverted it. Yeah. But, yeah, good point. Yeah, a lot to consider. But next week, mm. we are going to be sitting with mm-hmm. a person that was there when it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's. I'm very excited about this. Me too. Um, I can't believe. Guess, yeah, yeah. We just we just don't have guests on the show. This is not no, a thing. But uh, well, we um, don't. Yeah, the listener who we will have on, the, uh, on on part two of this look at Simon Gittany's trial, she was there. She was literally there, and she has incredible stories. As Dad said, that she did not feel comfortable telling the authorities at the time, and she's going to drop them as an exclusive on Loose Units because she trusts us. She trusts the listeners. Um, so we are really... i got to be honest, I'm pretty nervous, but mm. I'm looking forward to it, Dad. It's going to be... I woke up in a cold right. sweat. Yeah, me too. This morning, it's, um, it's the Dalu book all over again. I thinking think. about, thinking about. It's sort of, um, it's unusual. Yeah, we're very grateful, but it's a bit scary because it's it's as everyone knows, we don't mm. we don't sit down and do a powwow and a, and a, and a read through. That's not how we work here, so it's going to be pretty raw, um, and I'm I'm excited. Um, I interviewed. Yeah. This lovely lady several weeks ago and I thought that I could A remember everything, but I became so engrossed in the story and I and then I started texting her and chatting and confirming and checking and rechecking and are you sure that's what you said and did, did I misconstrue this and then uh, then Paul I reached out to you mm-hmm. yesterday yep. and said, mate, what about we ask, and I, I, I seriously thought she'd write back saying, "Are you kidding?" I'm not, Me too. I'm not it was a bit it. of a long. Yeah, I said, "Look, you said we, let's get permission to tell a story," and then I said, "Hey, um, what if we could 
get her on the show. And you said, that's a great idea. I'm going to get in touch with her right now. And then you sent me back this big message basically saying what she'd said, which was, hell yes, this sounds great. And now you're telling me that she wants to basically go on the record and, Oh my god! And also, we we did say your idea was that we um we change her voice, and she said we're, not necessary. We're going to pitch her voice down, change her name, do all the all the classic stuff where you see a witness kind of on on the TV talking about a crime, and they've put a you know a, they've turned the lights off and they've made them turn like this. So it's going to be um, love it. Pretty terrifying, but uh, good luck to us. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And she's she's absolutely lovely, so she's really excited about coming on the show. Mm. Well, thank you so much. Now, listen, everyone, if if this whole subject matter really upsets you, that is completely understandable. Um, domestic violence affects a lot of people in Australia. Women are dying every day at the hands of men. This is an epidemic. It's 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 shocking stuff. So um, feel free to spool back and listen to those uh, numbers or just reach out to a friend. Please uh, just basically stay safe. This is very, very dicey territory and we're trying to be as careful and as respectful as possible. Um, in the meantime, uh, stay safe. Have a good week. We're going to be back on Friday with an episode of Loose Ends just to take the edge off. And then next Tuesday morning, our exclusive talk with a witness, uh, and I, literally an eyewitness to this case. So thank you so much for listening to Loose Units, The Shadow Files, and we will see you very, very soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.